Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Have you ever considered making a plan if your daughter or your granddaughter comes to you in tears to share that she's pregnant? Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm your host, Jill Taylor. And I want to thank you for listening each week for this program. I'm so grateful for your feedback, too, your comments and the encouragement that you send via our website, chooseliferadio.com. Today we have a guest that's a dear friend, Wendy Campbell. Thank you, Wendy, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Wendy, you're a part of an organization named Blessings. Give me the full name of that, please. Our full name is Teen Mother Choices Blessings of Northeast Ohio, and we are an offshoot of TMCI, Teen Mother Choices International. We are an affiliate program of theirs, but we operate out of Northeast Ohio. And so in doing that, are you coordinating at all with other states, or is it purely in Northeast Ohio that your organization is working? They have programs throughout the United States, and I believe also one in Canada. I want to find out more about that organization. Was it established in Ohio? Our program was modeled after TMCI. Um, We just became affiliated with them two years ago and just collaborated with them to work together in, in serving teen mothers around our area. What do you do? What we do is um, once a teen mother has chosen to provide life to her child and she has delivered her child, then we come alongside them and help them with some immediate needs that they may have, whether it be childcare so they can continue their education back in high school or college or some postgraduate work, something along the lines of employment. Um, We can provide help with that. We help them establish goals and work towards those goals. We help them with financial goals, but we want to help come alongside them and help them with some immediate physical needs, such as childcare, diapers, formula, transportation, food, just kind of whatever their need is, meet them where their need is. You have some expectations for them when they when they join you. Tell me and my listener what those are. We serve girls between the ages of 13 and 23. They have to be either enrolled in school, in the high school, or a GED program, or some program that is continuing their education, like a cosmetology school or something like that. So they are working towards a goal or um, an associate's degree or something. We even have had girls in college, which has been wonderful. But we ask that they have to maintain an acceptable attendance. They have to maintain their grades. And we require them also to meet with a mentor that we provide with them for them. And we also require that they attend weekly life skills with the other participants in the program. Do you get them involved with the church if it, if it's at all possible? Absolutely. All of our mentors are active members in local churches. We used to require that the girls attend church, but we've found that it is more natural and organic for the mentors to invite them and fold them in naturally instead of requiring it as just a box to check off every week. So you're kind of watching for good mentors who can come alongside of you and also can bring Christ in their lives. Absolutely. We've just recently had a girl 
accept Jesus as her Savior. Oh. Uh, it was just a magical moment. It, of course, we had had our, our life skills planned that evening for the way we thought it was supposed to go, and God had other direction for it to go altogether. And it just was a small, intimate group of us, and we were presenting the Easter story through Resurrection Eggs, and she was just asking all sorts of questions, and we asked her, where would you go tonight if you happened to die? Would you go to heaven or hell? And she's, she kind of said, you know, she would go to heaven, but couldn't really give an answer why that was. Mm-hmm. And so we presented the gospel to her and the, and the way to salvation. And she's, she bowed her head right there and, and accepted Jesus. And it was just, we could hear the angels singing. It was beautiful. <laughs> You know, Christ is winsome when you share Mm. how much he did for us by dying on the cross for our sins. And I love that a young woman who's carrying life within her is for the first time recognizing the gift that God gave. And just another thought on that, too. I Sometimes I have, when I've spoken in churches, you get people who say, you know, it really makes me mad that these girls are pregnant but, and they're not involved in marriage. And I find myself saying, you know, God placed that child there for yes. a reason. And usually you see redemption that comes out of it, just like you're describing with one of your gals. Well, for that matter, uh, Jesus was born to an unwed mother. So these mothers are not any different than that. Redemption comes from Mary's story and Jesus' story came through Jesus. And these girls can also be presented with that. So how did you happen to get involved in this great organization? Well, I was a teen mother myself. So Ah. (laughs) um, I had my oldest child when I was 17 and was involved in a school program called Grads. It was in in Ohio schools for girls that were parenting or pregnant during high school. And that teacher then became one of the founding members of our organization and modeled it after TMCI. And we kept in contact all these years later. My oldest son is now 34. And um, so she, we had been in contact. And when my youngest son was born, she had come to visit me and asked if I would ever be interested in being a mentor. Of course, I jumped at the chance and said yes. So a few months later, they finally had a girl that was. we were able to pair up with each other. And that began my journey with blessings in the year 2000. So I've been around a little while, and then I became program director almost two years ago. Wow, that's that's a beautiful journey, and, and I can see God's hand on all of it with you. When you got pregnant, how did your parents respond to that? They were very extremely supportive. They did not see it coming, obviously, but they presented me with a bunch of books and showed me that um, I had some choices to make. Um, I did have a boyfriend at the time, obviously, and he was not very involved with the decision-making. It seemed like it was all on my shoulders, weighed my options, and I just thought that I couldn't see ending this life that had begun for some reason. I was a fairly new believer at that point and just felt that with the support of my parents that I could make this work. So having the courage to be parents who are supportive is really a a lesson that we're learning Mm. in this discussion because we don't want our grandchild to be 
aborted. Right. We want to support, even in the toughest times, we want to support life and we want to see healing take place too, a relationship with God to be really strengthened. Yeah. So Wendy, if there's anything I'm hearing, it has to do with the fact that you had a caring family, and is that the case with most of the girls that are coming into the program? Most of the girls do not have that, and that's where we come in with the parent mentor coming alongside them, um, other volunteers. We have child care providers. We have meal providers. We have life skill speakers. We have our board members. We have just community that comes around the, these girls wanting to help them, and if we point them towards the church, we want the church then to wrap their arms around them and say, we're so happy that you did choose life. And here we are to help you navigate these stray paths that just get thrown into the girls. You know, if they don't have a car, how are they going to get to work? And if they can't work, then how are they going to pay for their child? And we don't want them to become dependent on the government. We want them to be self-supporting, sustainable members of society so that they can be proud of themselves and proud of what they've accomplished. Yeah. And that's a great uh, wrapping up of how important it is for them to feel. And so in order for that to be, we can't have uh, eyes looking at them with the feeling that you've done something horrible and we can never fix this. Uh, again, God gives life. And so we have to understand that there's something he's doing that's really wonderful in bringing that girl to maturity and to understand that now as a mother, you're responsible for your child. And so how are you going to model that with with your little girl. And so the the ones who don't get that kind of training that you're talking about from blessings is just probably dealing with a lot of anger in the household and a lot of bad comments. And sometimes it, they actually push their child to abortion and lose a grandchild out of that. That's really tragic. Yeah. And we want these girls, too, to know that they're not the only ones walking this path, that they are there are others in their situation so that they a lot of the girls become very close with each other because they realize that I'm not the only one that has had a child out of wedlock. I'm not the only one that that struggles with balancing school and work and child raising and being a teenager is hard enough but to throw a baby into the mix and most of the time it's an intact not intact family so there's not a mother or father in the household um, sometimes grandparents are raising the teenager so there's a lot of family turmoil to begin with and it just complicates the matter so much more and we want to give them hope and a purpose for a bright future. Wendy, you shared with me one time, I, I asked how you found out about the facts of life, and you shared a very funny story with me. Will you tell our listener what happened for you to get a book? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a teenager and was um, coming of age and just starting to get my period, I got a book from my parents. It was wrapped in a, in a paper bag from the bookstore <laughs> with a note scribbled from my dad, which was kind of awkward, <laughs> saying, read this this book front to back, and if you have any questions, to come and ask, which I thought was really strange and awkward. 
because you're not talking to me about it. You're showing me a book, but you want me to come and talk to you about it. So why wouldn't I just write something down or just not come to you at all? <laughs> well, we can we can learn from that, too. Yes. That we want to let our kids know and our grandkids know that we are here for them. And yet we'd love them to have the kind of life that allows them to take things in order. Because honestly, I can't imagine. Imagine that first year or two or three of marriage without, <laughs> with, you know, having a child with us would have been, whoa, over the top. So we're going to take a very short break because we're going to come back with some very serious conversation and prepare your heart and be praying for us as you hear this next story. We'll be right back at Choose Life Radio. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So meet up with us today at ChooseLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I am Jill Taylor, your host, and today our guest is Wendy Campbell. She's a guest to you. She's a good friend to me. I've really enjoyed working with her and her testimony. She's a person that actually could do a great job speaking in a banquet. She's going to kill me for that, but she could. She could do a great job sharing her story because it's a powerful story. And you, my friend and my sweet listener, you're going to hear that story right now. Wendy, (laughs) you had a difficult start. You had a pregnancy while you were trying to go to school. You had people that came around you. Tell me about your husband. Tell me about what next happened. So my senior year of high school is when my husband and I got together. Um, We were actually matched to be in a mock wedding together in a high school class. And he rigged the drawing so that he and I were picked to be the bride and groom. And thus began our our real relationship. Was he the one you were hoping that would come up? I wasn't thinking I would be picked to be the bride at all. So (laughs) it was a complete shock to me. He's a smart guy. (laughs) So we were married. Well, we started dating in high school, the second half of high school. So my son only knows him as dad. and And my husband has since adopted him when he was two and a half. So that has been a real blessing. And... Shortly after we began dating, I found myself pregnant again for the second time. I was now 18. I was 19 when I delivered her. And kids were 22 months apart. 
that is a busy time for any mom with two littles. And we were married three weeks after she was born because I didn't want to get married while I was pregnant. And we began our our life together in a very small apartment with very little money. I stayed home with the kids. He worked um, a full-time job, worked a lot of overtime. So I spent a lot of my days at home with two little kids all Very alone. Yeah, all alone. All alone. Yeah. yeah. And were there people around you in the apartments that offered to help or just you were really isolated? I w- we would go over to my mom and dad's for dinner once a week and my mom and dad would babysit for us, but I did spend a lot of time with my in-laws. My mother-in-law was home during the day and so she and I became really close really quickly because she could she had seven kids, so she had been through this before, and she was somebody that was there. Some another adult to talk to was Good. priceless at that yes. point, um, and just that began a beautiful relationship between the two of us. And she was very accepting of me, even though I was uh, now twice teen mother. Uh-huh. Um, just accepted me with love and surrounded me with family, and never judged me for what I had done or or how I lived my life, but was a real mentor to me for how to go forward from here. All right. Tell me about what took place after, uh, not long after you were in that apartment. So um, seven months after our daughter was born, my kids were playing on the floor and on opposite sides of the floor, my two-year-old was playing with his toys And my daughter was playing with her toys on the other side of the room on a blanket. And I remember seeing out of the corner of my eye some weird movement that she was making and looked down and realized that she had a toy stuck in her throat and was struggling to breathe. So I picked her up and swiped her mouth with my pinky finger looking for the object and immediately started calling for help for the people that lived downstairs from us. And they, a lot of it I don't even remember. It was, it's still a blur to me. They must have been the ones to call 911. Um, I don't remember how I got to the hospital. I remember striking her on her back, you know, turning her over and striking her on her back, trying to dislodge the, the toy. I remember the EMS being there and... I don't remember who came to get my son or any of that, but I ended up at the hospital with my daughter, and she didn't survive. They took me into a room while we were waiting for life flight to come because they thought that that was going to be, they were going to take her to a different hospital. Um, So the thought of her not surviving never even crossed my mind. I was trying to figure out how he's going to deal with a, a toddler at home and a, a infant in the hospital and how was I going to split my time. And little by little, family started coming into the room. My husband got called home from work, um, met me there. In-laws were there. My, my parents were there. And the doctor came in and told us that she did not survive the injury. That had to be so, so painful. Mm. And how old were you at this point? I was 19. 19. 19 years old. So, 
as our listener is with us on this, I just pray right now, I pray for women who are struggling with young babies that you'll you'll provide them, Father, help and people from various churches, uh, various organizations will continue to do things that will allow them to have support and what they need. But Father, they, there are accidents that take place, and we are grateful that 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 precious little girl is in your arms right now. We thank you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't imagine the adrenaline that was running through you at that time. Take it from here in terms of what happened afterwards. Did you just go home with your husband, or did they say, we have some investigating to do on this, or... They had told me that social workers were, would be in to to talk with me, and I was deathly afraid that they meant that they were going to be investigating some sort of abuse. So that was running through my mind. They um, took us into a room, and we were allowed to hold her one last time. She had tubes coming out of her and, you know, tape all over her, and my husband said that I was, I sat there for hours. I couldn't tell you how long it was, but they finally came in and um, they had asked us if we wanted to donate her organs. And that was something that my husband and I both had on our licenses that we would like to be donors, but it had never occurred to us to even discuss whether or not we would ever want to donate our child's organs. And it was just too much trauma for us to even wrap our heads around so we declined that request. I don't have regrets in my life except for that one regret that I wish we would have done that. In our grief, I just couldn't bear the thought of her having that to go through that one last thing. But I remember when they came in to tell us that it was time to go, laying her down on the table and it was so odd that we could leave her there by herself and that she was not going to roll off that table because she was not physically there anymore. She was with her, her, her Lord and Savior. And just to know that I was not the one that could ultimately keep her safe, that it was, I had to give that to Jesus. And she is no longer in pain. She, I will see her again one day. You just celebrated um, a birthday. She would have been, yeah, she would have been 33 years old, April 29th. So those joyful days in my memory is now tainted with the loss of her. But I, like I said, I know that I'll see her again someday and spend eternity with her. It's very hard to lose a child uh, that you've named, that you've held. I understand. I, yes, I you understand. do. Yeah. <laughs> I was Thank also you. nursing at the time. So, oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, so then. Exclusively it, nursing. So engorged. Yes. Yeah, so mm -hmm. To go along with the emotional pain, I was also going through some physical changes that were just more reminders of a loss. Wendy, that is. So sweet of you to share, and I would say it is a word to the wise that young moms need helpers. Don't let them go off and have to be on their own and wonder, who can I ask for help? As well as 
I think toy companies are becoming better and better about not making toys so small that they can be in a, a child's mouth. But I think you're, the company that you worked with said that they would improve. They have, they have improved the design. They did not recall the actual toy that caused her death. So they are still not on the market, but they're in people's homes. Uh So your best advocate is yourself Uh to advocate for your child in all safety matters. What I like to tell people now is to take a toilet paper tube. Everybody has one in their house. They probably throw it away. If there is a toy that can fit in that tube, do not let your young child have it. No matter what age they are, if they even remotely try to put things in their mouth, things smaller than a toilet paper tube do not belong within their reach. Oh, that's a great lesson. We'll remember that. And thank you for sharing your story. I'm so grateful for you being along with us on this important message. Thank you. I just pray that you will continue to lift your hearts and your hands to God and offer up your skills of helping young moms. It's very important. We tell them to carry life, but we have to also be ones who carry them with us. Help us to educate churches as well for programs that uh, do the sort of things that meet their needs. We thank you, God. This is uh, a good reminder that the gifts that you give us are precious. And now we close in prayer here in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for joining us. You and folks like you make it possible for us to be on the air We're so grateful for the donations that you give. You can go to chooseliferadio.com and support us financially or with your prayers or with your stories. You can also send mail to our post office box 36622 Canton, Ohio 44735. That's post office box 36622 Canton, Ohio 44735. I'm Jill Taylor and let's meet again next week at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.